Welcome to Mumble Mumble the Harry Potter podcast. I am Prashanthini and I am Aishwarya. This is season 3 episode 6. Hermione has to read 422 pages. We are covering chapter 13 of Prisoner of Azkaban which is called Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw. Let's start with a summary. So the tension between Ron and Hermione reaches an all-time high after the apparent death of Scabbers at the claws of Crookshanks. To cheer Ron up, Harry offers him a ride on his new firebolt after Quidditch practice, the last one before the game against Ravenclaw. Spoiler alert, it works. The firebolt is everything as advertised and the Gryffindor team is very excited about their chances against Ravenclaw. Even Oliver Wood and Percy Weasley, who doesn't even play Quidditch. They are right to be because Harry easily outflies his rival Cho Chang, the Ravenclaw seeker, and catches the snitch. They celebrate their victory for the rest of the day and well into the night. until the party is broken up by professor mcgonagall when F- harry finally returns to his dormitory to sleep he's not able to sleep for long before a scream shatters the silence of the dorms the screamer is ron who claims that sirius black had slashed open the curtains around his bed everybody panics understandably and professor mcgonagall shows up to find out what happened on ron's insistence she asks sir cadigan if he let anybody into gryffindor tower the night answers yes that the intruder had all of the passwords written on a slip of paper which neville longbottom it is soon discovered had accidentally left in one of the corridors and yeah hermione has to read 422 pages hermione is really having a very hard year she acquired a pet in the beginning of the year and she probably thought that it's going to be a really good year with her and her pet and her friends and her studies but the pet has become the reason for all troubles so much so that she's not even hanging out with uh, ron and harry anymore it does look like the end of ron and hermione's relationship because in my opinion ron has a really good point about hermione not policing her pet a point that hermione refuses to acknowledge and is the root of all problems hermione's point about ron not having definite proof that scabbers is dead because of crookshanks is true no matter how callous it seems in that particular situation hermione is so focused on defending her pet without empathizing with her friend which obviously drives them apart but i also see hermione's point of view when she says it's in a cat's nature mm-hmm. to go after rats i agree but it's as ron also says that she knew that crookshan seems to go after scabbers and yes it is in a cat's nature to go after rats but your friend's pet is a rat <laughs> do you really dislike rats so much that you're okay with your friend's pet getting eaten like that maybe she secretly does yeah Hermione's two feelings <laughs> come to light. Maybe that should have been the name of this episode. I like the way everyone's handling Ron at this time of distress. Harry is trying to tackle this by talking to Hermione and trying to make her see sense, but Hermione is like rigidly in her own thing and she's like, "Oh, you're all, always going to side with Ron. I knew it." It's very surprising to also see Fred trying to console Ron, mm-hmm. <laughs> though he ends up saying something that might upset him further. <laughs> It's the gesture that counts. Definitely. Come on, Ron. You were always saying how boring Scabbers was, said Fred bracingly, and he's been off colour for ages. He was wasting away. It was probably better for him to snuff it quickly. One swallow, he probably didn't feel a thing. But I also think Ron is milking it as much as he can. I agree because I didn't really think Ron was that attached to Scabbers. To be fair, before this book, we saw him exactly one time. I think in the first book on the train and after that scabbers is just not around much at all just doing scabbery things I assume scabbers did appear now and then and he bit goyle's hand once I guess you don't really talk about 
a pet like scabbers until he's not there anymore <laughs> but like you said i think ron is milking it a little which really works out for him because to cheer him up harry offers to let him ride his beloved new broomstick i'm surprised it took them so long to even ride it what with mcconagall confiscating the broom and then testing it and then ron and hermione fighting by the time harry gets the broom back and rides it i'm sure many days have passed hmm. and that must have been really difficult for harry i'm sure especially because it turns out that the firebolt is everything as was advertised they talk about a bunch of broom mechanics that's what i'm going to call it <laughs> as the pinpointing speed and the speed at which it turns and it's weird drag in the tail that other broomsticks had that this did not have yeah <laughs> everybody is really excited about the firebolt including madam hooch who delivers a full lecture examining the broom and offers them her opinion so what they are doing is they are practicing for the upcoming gryffindor versus ravenclaw match and they have to win this match to be in the running because they lost the previous match against hufflepuff which nobody really expected to happen i think wood is facing a lot of pressure this is his last year and also they have lost one match and they might easily be kicked out of the whole tournament according to him he has the best possible team and he still hasn't won the quidditch cup yet and that really bothers him and he really wants wants this before he leaves school so i feel like he's turning more and more into a caricature rather than a character with every passing day so for example when they talk about uh, ravenclaw seeker cho chang who was ill before but made a uh, full recovery in time for the match would scowled his displeasure that cho chang had made a full recovery at this point wood has thrown everything out of the window but quidditch wood is kind of very similar to hermione like the very singular pursuit of something at the cost of everything else for example hermione just wants to be right at the cost of losing her friendship with ron i think that's the problem with someone who who is so passionate about something that they have to stick to it no matter what and i like that hermione grows out of it we don't ever find out if wood grows out of it but i hope that someday he figures out that quidditch isn't everything in life i mean you can have a healthy relationship with quidditch <laughs> rather than cursing cho chang for making a full recovery <laughs> we previously discussed this on the podcast especially when the firebolt came into the picture the first time but after harry's experience with the firebolt and the way that the rest of the team is excited and the match itself i feel even more strongly that it seems very unfair to pit the firebolt against cho's comet 260 i vote in favor of hogwarts standardizing quidditch broom so that everybody's on a level playing field and you know someone's parent buying them an expensive broom doesn't put a team at a bigger disadvantage this is exactly the point that i have written <laughs> i think it's really unfair you can say that it is also kind of unfair that harry is younger than everyone else but the thing is it's established that harry has a natural talent every time they talk about this world class broomstick they always make it seem like it makes a huge difference we are used to seeing harry as the underdog but when it comes to quidditch it doesn't seem like he is though he is talented he also has a lot of like advantages with when it comes to his broomsticks it especially seems so in the match of gryffindor versus ravenclaw because there are times when harry literally outflies cho chang <laughs> thanks to the broomstick it's not just skill it's literally the broomstick that makes the difference speaking of broomsticks i am surprised that 
other than Hermione, no one's concerned about where Harry's broomstick came from. Did they think that he just bought it? Or did they think that maybe some teacher gave him? In that case, why is nobody displeased? At least the Slytherin should be taking it up and talking about how, at least Malfoy should be voicing out his opinion on how a teacher should not show favoritism like this. I agree. I wonder if this is because Harry has already received an expensive broomstick in the mail before. So they've already like established that the teachers favor Harry over everybody else in Hogwarts. So they're like, well, this is just another in this pile of indignities that I have to face. I mean, everybody knows that Harry does not have parents and that his guardians are muggles. Yeah. So maybe they assume that he bought it with his own money. That's possible. For instance, uh, on the day of the match, Cedric Diggory comes and congratulates him on acquiring a new broomstick. (laughs) (laughs) I guess everybody just assumes that he bought it himself. And why not? Cedric Diggory is still such a gentleman. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, during the practice session, Madam Hooch, as usual, is uh, sitting there with Ron, trying to oversee the whole thing. Madam Hooch, who's already not qualified enough to protect Harry, Uh, should Sirius choose the practice session to attack him, is not even vigilant enough to stay awake. I know. She just falls asleep when these guys are playing. And these two let her continue sleeping until they are done flying around. I would do the same thing. Yeah, but come on, Harry. Take your safety a little bit more seriously. No one takes it seriously. That's the whole point of this book. (laughs) That's the whole point of the series. It's true. On the way back from the practice, Harry notices a pair of eyes gleaming out of the darkness. He thinks it's the Grim, but it ends up being Crookshanks. But he's also really scared. On the one hand, there are the Dementors. On the other hand, there's Sirius Black. And then there's also this increased pressure of him uh, seeing the Grim everywhere. So all around, Quidditch is his only escape. He's just completely focused on it so that he doesn't have to think about everything else. The day of the match comes, the Gryffindor team is in a very good mood, very celebratory and very happy because that's the day they are going to show off the secret weapon of their team, which is the Firebolt. A lot of Ravenclaws and Hufflepuff come over to look at Harry's broom, including Percy's girlfriend, Penelope. I like that J.K. Rowling doesn't even miss this opportunity to talk about how poor the Weasley family is. For it to come from Percy, that was a bit odd. Harry, make sure you win, said Percy in an urgent whisper. I haven't got ten galleons. There is one more thing I would like to note about that interaction. How do you join someone in a piece of toast? So, Percy says, Yes, I'm coming, Penny. And he bustled off to join her in a piece of toast. How do you join someone in a piece of toast? Are you eating the same toast? Are you eating separate toasts together? (laughs) Is it like a lady in the trap type of situation? (laughs) I don't understand that reference. There are two dogs and they're both eating spaghetti. And what ends up happening is they both eat the same strand of spaghetti. And then they make out. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I guess it's a British term. Dear listener, if you know what it means, please tell (laughs) us. So once Percy leaves, Malfoy comes. Of course, he has to come and he wants to gloat. I don't know about what. Got plenty of special features, hasn't it? Said Malfoy, eyes glittering maliciously. Shame it doesn't come with a parachute, in case you get too near a Dementor. And his insult is really bad. No, I think he's foreshadowing. I guess, but 
even in terms of foreshadowing what does it matter if the broomstick has the parachute last time harry fell off his broom <laughs> but while malfoy's insult is pretty weak harry's is like a plus pity you can't attach an extra arm to yours malfoy said harry then it could catch the snitch for you it's the best come back harry has ever had to malfoy it's one of my favorite dialogues overall yes <laughs> and it's such a pointed uh, accurate insult i love that yes see unlike malfoy's insult harry's is actually thoughtful yeah <laughs> and considerate <laughs> considerate maybe not but <laughs> truthful because yes. malfoy has never caught a snitch at least against harry yes <laughs> Actually, he's played only one match against Harry, I think. In canon, yeah. I think he's played only one match against Harry. Yeah. And uh, they all walk to the pitch. They are like already in a pretty jubilant mood because of the broomstick. And I feel good for them because the Gryffindors haven't had much in terms of good luck this year. Yeah, even the weather is like really nice. Like it's a clear cool day. There's a light breeze. Ideal Quidditch conditions. There are no visibility problems. Yeah. and harry is feeling excited in a way only quidditch matches can make him feel and i can only imagine think about how much pressure this 13 year old boy is facing and wood is also like if we lose this match we are out of the running right before they start with all this pressure and like with all this responsibility beating all the odds and like coming out of it alive itself will make you feel so happy the whole school is watching you like almost a fourth of the school is hoping that you you'll do your best and hoping to be the odds will pressure you but also the kind of excitement and the kind of like the fire burning in your the pit of your stomach i don't think anything can match that have you ever been in such a situation no i was never much of a sports person back in school so i've never actually played in like a match or actually even watched one till not much of a sports person i don't watch anything actually no that's not completely true i do watch synchronized swimming in the olympics <laughs> <laughs> what can i say it's really pretty <laughs> <laughs> no but then even as a spectator the kind of emotions you feel are really overwhelming you wouldn't know what to do with yourself imagine being in that situation where so many people are watching you honestly i can't that kind of pressure sounds unreal i don't think an actor or any other celebrity would face as much pressure because they literally have to perform under pressure yeah so it would be nice to hear about what a sports person who's faced this kind of pressure uh thinks about quidditch yeah that'd be great and cho chang is in the house correct me if i'm wrong but i think this is the first time that harry has ever noted anybody as pretty yeah let alone extremely pretty yeah Harry is turning into a man. Yes. <laughs> Now this is foreshadowing. Seriously, like Harry's feelings about Cho Chang because Harry doesn't actually act on anything right now. All he really thinks is she's really pretty. I have a slight jolt in my stomach. I don't think it's nerves. <laughs> he understands that it's not nerves. I couldn't stop grinning when I read the line about how <laughs> when she smiled he had a jolt in his stomach. <laughs> among other things harry also has to go through puberty right now and first crush emotional stuff like that <laughs> poor harry yeah don't you think it's interesting or perhaps a little unimaginative that the two important characters we'll see in the fourth book are introduced to harry as quidditch players of different houses 
Why do you think it's unimaginative? Because it's like Harry literally has no other way to meet new people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What can we say? Harry has a very busy life. They are also introduced to us this way. Because the books are narrated by Harry, he only pays attention in certain circumstances. And Quidditch is a really easy way for us to know new characters and to know new things about old characters. I think I kind of agree based on what's coming up in the next books. Okay. And the match begins. I really like this match. I like most Quidditch matches not for the actual action itself but because of the commentary. Lee Jordan and Professor McGonagall's back and forth is always fun. They're off. And the big excitement this match is the firebolt which Harry Potter is flying for Gryffindor. According to which broomstick, the firebolt's going to be the broom of choice for the national teams at this year's World Championship. Jordan, would you mind telling us what's going on in the match? interrupted Professor McGonagall's voice. Yeah, but this one is one of my top favorite Quidditch commentary uh, parts in the book because it's a great example of J.K. Rowling's sense of humor. Like some of the funniest moments in the series, like rolling on the floor type of moments are thanks to Quidditch commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I like that everybody is so obsessed with this broomstick. They were obsessed with this broomstick in Diagon Alley in the beginning of the book. Harry and Ron were so obsessed with it. And then the team was obsessed with it. Now the whole school is obsessed with it. It translates into a really funny read also. Yes. And I like how Professor McGonagall is like really reasonable at first. Like she just says, Jordan, would you mind telling us what's happening in the match? It's all like a normal case also. But towards the end of the match, she loses all patience and she just starts yelling in capital letters. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, are you being paid to advertise firebolts? Get on with the commentary. This is the kind of humor that I've never seen in any other book. Sometimes what a hero possesses might be shown off, but it always comes across as something lame. <laughs> and I love the way it's handled with humor. I guess humor kind of makes everything better. I also think this is the kind of humor that the movies really miss out on. Yeah, I definitely think that the movie tries to portray a different kind of humor that I don't like at all. I've spoken to you about this many times about how I think there's going to be a lot of brickbats but how superhero movies are kind of lame because they try to act so cool and everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about most Harry Potter movies mm-hmm. and especially like characters like Dumbledore trying to be cool or Fred and George are actually funny but they're reduced to people who are just like they blow stuff up and they're cool. Yeah, I don't think the movie does a good job of portraying that. Come either. to think of it, I don't think the movie has this match. Does it? No, it doesn't. Of course, Cho Chang is not in the movie. This is the first match though in which a bludger is used correctly in my opinion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Harry is after the snitch, the Ravenclaw beater beats a bludger towards him and he has to swerve and he misses the snitch, which is really cool mm-hmm. because after that George, I think, takes out his anger by beating a bludger towards the beater. But then I've always thought the Fred and George band of bludger beating always end up being gimmicky rather than effective. (laughs) I think because it's not mentioned that they're pretty effective as beaters, bludgers Mm. ever rarely get in Harry's way. So because of that, I think they're pretty effective. Oh, you mean they're good at defense? Yes. We'll never know because the Quidditch matches in the movies are devices to tell us the plot and not necessarily for the love of the sport (laughs) type of events. Unless Warner Brother runs out of Harry Potter or intellectual property, we'll never see an in-depth exploration of Quidditch matches and how beaters can use bludgers. When you said it, I remembered that in the previous books there have been instances explicitly mentioned where Harry was saved 
by Fred or George. Are you thinking about the rogue bludger? Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for Fred and George's bludger expertise. Yeah. <laughs> But this match goes pretty well and I like Cho Chang's technique actually. She's smart. Yeah. It's Harry Potter on a firebolt. Instead of trying to win over him, she's just trying to distract him and force him to change directions and it actually seems to be working. He does get distracted. But Harry doesn't need to knock her off the broom at all because when he finally spots the snitch, he has to dive for it and Cho is not able to keep up at all. the speed at which he's flying but the final distraction actually comes not from cho but from three dementors on the pitch everything is somehow miraculously fine for harry in that particular moment right like he doesn't even stop to think about why there's no fogginess and that he can't hear any screaming he just whips out his wand and like says, and shoots a petronas at them and just catches the snitch it's only after that that, that he realizes like well i was completely fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like that it's explicitly mentioned that he catches the snitch with the same hand in which he's holding the wand. He's that good. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't notice the detail till you just mentioned it. But I guess yes, he is that good. Everybody's really excited. People are like flying across the pitch to have a team hug. The Gryffindors are running towards him and uh, Harry hears a voice that says, "That was quite some Patronus." Lupin must be so proud because it looks like Harry is able to produce a full-blown Patronus in that match. Can we assume that the presence of an actual Dementor makes it harder? If there are no Dementors, do you still have to think of a happy memory before casting the spell? He didn't have to at all. But to be fair, he's in a natural high. Uh, he's playing Quidditch and he has the Firebolt. I'm not certain. and he turns around really excited and he says dementors didn't affect me at all and then lupin's like it's cuz they're not really dementors <laughs> they're just a bunch of slytherins wearing long hooded robes in fact it looked like malfoy was standing on goyle's shoulders to imitate a dementor imagine the amount of effort malfoy goes through to thwart harry his attempts to psychot harry get lamer and lamer with time <laughs> I mean what did he think was the outcome of this anyway if it had affected Harry he would have gotten into trouble it didn't affect Harry he still gets into trouble he gets detention and Slytherin loses points I think this is the one time that it really did not go with his character because Malfoy is not winning anything by doing this at all other than Harry's downfall so I don't understand why he would go through the effort of doing this other than for comedy but it's not that funny Yeah it's really not but the Gryffindors think it's hilarious because Malfoy gets detention and you know they lose points it's literally the cherry on top of the icing for these guys the gryffindor's party all evening and it stretches well into the night their parties sound awesome but are also suspiciously pg13 right like where's the alcohol it's not just like proper teen party it also includes like really young 11 year olds and 12 year olds also they could just be like 12 year olds who don't drink the booze it's a magic party <laughs> I'm sure they could have warded off like the booze or something. But uh, Fred and George smuggle in butter beer, right? Yeah, but butter beer is something that Harry can legally drink outside. Like he drinks it in the three broomsticks. So I don't think it actually has any alcohol. I guess it's a kids book and I should stop trying to corrupt teenagers. Also, I think the stuff they get are from Honey Duke's cellar. which is what they have access to. Butter beer is not from Honey Duke's I think. But maybe it's available there, who knows. Yeah, we are thinking about this way too much. Yeah. Because the really important 
thing that we should be talking about is how Hermione is reading a book called Home Life and Social Habits of British Muggles. I cannot believe this. First off, Hermione for a long time thought she was a British Muggle. <laughs> and she's the daughter of British Muggles. Why is she reading about the home life and social habits of them? Because that's Hermione. And honestly, that sounds like a very interesting read. Ah, yeah, I guess you, I could see why it would be interesting for Hermione particularly. Because she gets to compare her actual knowledge of British Muggles to what visiting textbooks are like. But we never hear... the results of this fascinating analysis because <laughs> harry is on, not interested in asking her about this <laughs> but honestly if uh, this is like a side book that was written and sold by jk rowling for some charity purposes or something i'll totally buy it it'll be hilarious yeah me too <laughs> i would like it in an audiobook format okay jk rowling if you're listening to this audiobook format is a must <laughs> hermione has to read 422 pages and uh, she has to read all 422 pages as homework that's totally barbaric that's too atrocious seriously who will give that as a homework i think she just puts it on herself like i'm sure maybe the teacher just mentioned it as extra reading but hamaini is like i must read this because what if it comes in the exam so she's reading it while the party is raging and harry is like you know why don't you just come and join the party and hamaini rightfully brings up a point saying that you know i think ron doesn't really want me there which ron immediately confirms by saying something random about how scabbers would have really liked the fudge flies and this really breaks hermione she immediately like bursts into tears and just runs away poor hermione i feel very i don't know if it's the right reaction it makes me feel very gooey whenever harry tries to talk to hermione because uh not only is harry the only person giving any shit about Hermione but Harry is also missing his friend and he's trying to talk to her and he's not even given a chance she keeps pitting him as someone who's here to support Ron rather than someone who's her friend yeah i feel sad for him i i do too i think it's one of harry's rare moments where he tries to bond with Hermione despite knowing that they don't actually have a lot in common all of them are acting as if the events of the previous books never happened if it were not for hermione ginny would have never been saved i think ron should be forever grateful to both of his friends but he's a teenager that's when you will be like really affected by things other people are other people do to help you you are friends with people for lesser than this yeah but apparently scabbers the rat that ron didn't like that much is more important <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what would have happened if they never got back together, you know? Yeah, I wonder too. It would have been such a terrible thing. Imagine being so close to us like helping each other and uh getting out of like really dangerous situations together and then being a stranger with each other. <laughs> yeah. Poor Hermione. I feel really bad for her. She must feel so alone. She doesn't even like try to defend herself. She doesn't try to talk to Ron and be like, "Oh, Remember the time I saved your sister. <laughs> Hermione clearly isn't doing any of that. She just goes to her room and Harry rejoins the party. They party on well into the night until Professor McGonagall shows up in her dressing gown and hairnet to stop the party. At which point everybody goes to bed. It's 1 a.m. Now Harry has this totally random dream of following something silvery with hooves into the forest. Except he's not able to figure out what he's following because there is a scream that shatters his sleep. I found it really funny that the way the scream is written down. I was trying to make a comment about that exactly. 
turns out it's Ron screaming and they scamper around trying to make sense of what's happening. They find out that Ron's curtains are like completely torn off, like slashed. And Ron is saying that it was serious black and he was standing there with a the knife. They go to the common room and everybody like wakes up and comes back. Fred and George think the party is back on. Percy is trying to get everybody to go back to sleep. And Ron is just trying to get some everybody to believe him that, you know, that he didn't just scream for the heck of it. Or have a nightmare. Yeah, and that serious Black was standing at the foot of his bed. No one like really listens to Ron until Professor McGonagall shows up and asks like what's happening. I'm I'm glad too that the Gryffindor team won the match but come on guys go to bed type of situation. And Ron's like listen I saw Sirius Black ask the portrait. Good thinking Ron. Yeah it's actually really smart thinking because Professor McGonagall asks the portrait and the portrait says yes. I did let somebody in. And Professor McGonagall's like, what? Why would you do that? Like, you're supposed to be on high alert. And Sir Cadigan's like, he had all the passwords. The whole week's passwords, he just read them off a piece of paper. I love the way uh, McGonagall asks the next question. Which abysmally foolish person wrote down this week's passwords and left them lying around? I think the whole scene is set up so nicely. Mm-hmm. I just wish they had included that in the same way in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because like all the students are standing in the common room waiting with bated breath. And McConaughey closes the door behind them and has a conversation with the portrait. And everybody's able to hear it. There's so much silence and they find out that someone had actually written down all the passwords. Mm-hmm. It's a really well-staged scene. Yeah. This is why I think Hogwarts doesn't take security seriously at all. In this book, there's an explicit sentence that says, I think Professor Flitwick was getting the doors to recognize Sirius Black's picture, right? They could have done the exact same thing with Sir Cadogan. I also can't believe that Sir Cadogan would let in someone that he did not recognize, even if he had the passwords. Yes, he didn't know if Sirius Black was part of the school or not but did he look like a student <laughs> no it's not that i think it's a i think it's a program kind of a thing like either yes or no so you should make the portrait learn about who you should not let in especially into the gryffindor common room they did not even have the sense to do that i know that having these lax security is the reason why <laughs> the screenplay is so interesting and everything but this is just too much yeah there was utter silence, broken by the smallest of terrified squeaks. Neville Longbottom, trembling from head to fluffy-slippered toes, raised his hand slowly into the air. That scene is hilarious. whole setup about how Neville Longbottom keeps getting locked out because Sir Cadogan wouldn't let him in without the proper password and Sir Cadogan keeps changing the password. And this, ha- this happens like a few chapters before this and suddenly we find out that this all leads to this moment where Sirius Black is let in because of this situation because of Sir Cadogan actually (laughs) yeah it's because of Sir Cadogan yeah you're right and him changing the password constantly but this is an important lesson kids use password managers (laughs) don't write your passwords down (laughs) it starts on a high note and ends on a High note in a very different sense. Yes. Like things are really picking up pace right now. We are like around like the last 25% of the book right now, right? Mm -hmm. We are seeing more and more that definitely Sirius Black is here for something to do with Harry. Mm -hmm. 
he's so talented that he's able to outsmart everybody who's trying to protect Harry. And when it comes to the actual encounter between Harry and Sirius, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm really excited for that chapter. Thank you for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're MimbleMimblePod. You can also leave us a comment on our website, MimbleMimble.in. You can also follow our personal accounts on Twitter. I am at underscore M-P-R-A-S, Empress. And uh, Aishwarya is at Valley Andachim. She'll spell it. V-A-L-E-U-N-D-E-C-I-M. Sounds wrong. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Please type it out. <laughs> we'll see you next week with a brand new episode covering brand new chapters. I like your optimism. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, I've still got 422 pages to read. <laughs> <laughs>